What a great communion that was. Thank you so much, Noel. You know, it never um, ceases to amaze me just hearing of how God transforms lives and yeah. changes us and forgives us and makes us new people and gives us that hope and future. Well, this morning, um, I hope you're all having a good week so far. It's our second Sunday for the year 2020, which is pretty amazing. And I don't know how your holidays are going or if you're getting any holidays, uh, but we're getting a good break. And usually around this time, we're starting to uh, fall apart because, you know, it's been three weeks of no school or whatever. But actually, this holidays is going really, really well. Mm. We are feeling pretty relaxed and um, maybe the kids are just getting that much older or maybe it's hopefully because we're trying to kind of put God at the center of everything. And um, so the holidays are going great. We're really enjoying ourselves. And so this morning, we thought that we'd do something a little bit different. Um, we haven't done it before. Sam and I, we're going to try and um, tag team preach. So <laughs> we're not usually on the same page a lot of the time. So pray for us. We'll see how we go. Actually, I think we better pray. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you for another Sunday to come together yes. as a family. I thank you for every person that's here this morning. And we know, Lord, that you want to speak to each one of us. God, we pray that you would come. Lord, use our words. I pray for um, grace for Sam and I, that we'd be on the same page, that <laughs> yes, we wouldn't Lord. fight, and that, Lord, you would just really come and speak to us yeah. in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, it's a little bit daunting because uh, on the front row, we've got David and Greta, who are the masters of tag teaming this morning. But also on the front row, we've got Alison and Peter, and today is their 40th wedding anniversary. So congratulations to anyone who's having a birthday or doing anything like that. But um, yeah, 40, that's a, that's a great milestone. We've got a long way to go, Jody. So we thought it'd be a good idea um, to talk about vision being the start of a new decade and all. So we're going to talk about 2020 vision. Not vision 2020, but having 2020 vision or perfect eyesight, if you can see it up there. Not natural vision, but seeing clearly from a biblical or heavenly point of view. Jody and I both know that how you see or perceive life it makes a huge difference to your attitude and enjoyment in life. How we look at each day, what we truly believe is our reason for our existence, ultimately determines how we spend our time and how we spend our money. I believe having correct vision, having the right perspective, brings joy, fulfillment to each and every day of our lives. Can I have a show of hands? Who wants joy in every day of their lives? I had my notes here to say, oh, no one. But you guys all put up your hands, so that's, you guys are all on me, with me on this. If we could have biblical 2020 vision, it brings meaning and purpose to our lives. And isn't that the question that we're all wanting to know? Why am I here? Is there meaning to my life? Church, family, we're all on the same page. Jody and I don't just want to exist. We want to leave a mark or make a difference on the people and the families around us every day. You're with me on this, aren't we? Not just for a moment, but a lasting impact that goes beyond this decade, beyond the 2020s. But we also want to enjoy our lives. We want to have fun as individuals and as a family. Did you know that that is what God wants for you? To enjoy your life. He actually does. He wants us to have fun, 
but also to make a difference. You are called to bring the reality and power of Jesus everywhere you go. And here's the thing. You need to see it. You actually need to see it. When you look in the, morning, in the mirror every morning, which most of us, I'm sure, do, we need to see a world changer looking back at us. You need to see someone called by God to perform miracles because that's what we're called to do. We need to see somebody saved by grace who's called to bring revival to our community, city, and nation. And that is what we're called to do. But you have to see it. You need to have 20-20 vision. I love 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It makes it really clear. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting into a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears. The sun shines bright. We'll all see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. See, seeing clearly comes from relationship, from knowing him as much as he knows us. God wants to help us to see things clearly, to see from his point of view. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us to have 20-20 vision. Tell the person next to you, I want to see clearly. So in the natural, you can be short-sighted, long-sighted, or have double or blurred vision. And that's what we want to talk about today. So I'm going to go and put my feet up and hand it over to Jody. Okay. So far, so good. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, for as long as I can remember, I've had really bad eyesight. I needed glasses from the age of five. And um, I've always been short-sighted, so I could see close in front of me, but I could never see a distance. And I don't know how many people have bad eyesight, probably quite a few of you. But if you're short-sighted, you'll know that um, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to go to the bathroom, like it's frustrating because you can kind of see, but you crash around. Everything's just a little bit blurry. Or if you go to the pools, you can see your friends if they're near you, but if they're not near you, you're kind of going to memorize the color of their togs or whatever so that you can spot them from afar off, and it's super annoying. And then there's the whole thing of, um, you know, like you get rain on your glasses and there's raindrops or they fog up or all this stuff. And back when I was five and onwards, it wasn't the fashion thing that it is today to wear glasses. And I had horrible glasses. Um, I suppose they were just what we got back then. I think I've showed you a photo before. I'm not going to show you today, but they're like really big, bright red glasses. And um, I did not like them. And so anyway, as soon as I could, I uh, got to, I, I started wearing contacts. And so I wore contacts for about seven years or so. And that was great. But then my eyes started reacting and um, they were irritating. And so I had to go back to glasses and it was devastating. I was really upset. Um, and then I found out about laser surgery on your eyes. And I was in. I was so keen. Sam and I had just got married and I was like, look, you know, I really need to do this. And I, I spelled it out for him like we're going to save this much money because I'm not going to have to go to the optometrist. And anyway, we put it on the mortgage and I got my eyes lasered. And honestly... It was incredible. Like one day I couldn't see and my vision was really blurry. And the next day I had perfect 20-20 vision. 
It was, if you've had it, it's like a miracle. It's absolutely amazing. And even today, like this is 12 years on, sometimes I'll still wake up and I'll just think, oh my goodness, I can see it's, it's so great. So I have a little tiny bit of understanding of maybe how those blind men in the Bible must have felt when Jesus healed them and they went from not seeing to seeing, you know, not quite that same level, but I kind of get it. And so this morning, um, having been very short-sighted until my surgery, I want to talk about short term vision for a couple of minutes. Short-term vision is the immediate. It's the near future. It's the next couple of weeks, couple of months. It's maybe this year, 2020. And like Ivan said, maybe you've had a chance to write a few goals, a few things that you want to see happen this year. Sam and I haven't done that yet, but we will take a bit of time to do that. But what we want more than anything is to see how God wants us to see. This year, 2020, we want it to be a year of seeing clearly. And can I encourage you that one of the best things that we can make a decision to do this year and every year is to have an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude, looking at the positive and not the negative. That's the short-term lens that I want to look at my life through for the year ahead. You know, that's when we focus on what we have. It's a focus on the good in life. It's a focus on God's incredible blessings. And when we stop and think about it, there are so many things to be thankful for. Now, this is something that's all throughout the Bible, this encouragement to be thankful, to be thankful to God, to be thankful for what we have, to focus on Him. So I want to give you a couple of verses. 1 Chronicles 16 verse 8 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Colossians 2 7 encourages us that we need to overflow with thankfulness. Philippians 4 6 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your requests known to God. And then there's Psalm 100 and verse 4. I'm sure we all know that one. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And I love the Passion Translation. It puts it this way. It says, uh, what does it say? It says, you can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. Isn't that beautiful language around that? You know, God loves us to have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of thanksgiving to him. And he doesn't just love it because he loves it, but he knows that it's good for us. And did you know that there is a growing body of research which shows that there are many psychological benefits to being thankful or to being grateful? And that includes feeling happier. Makes sense, doesn't it? Lowering stress. How many of us need that? I need that one. Uh, It helps us not with depression and with anxiety. It lowers those things. And not only that, there's also scientific evidence that expressing genuine gratitude on a daily basis can improve physical health as well as improving quality of sleep, cardiovascular, heart health, and immune function. Isn't that amazing? You know what the Bible has always told us, science is only just catching up with. This book has it all from beginning of time. God knows. God knows. I've shared with you before, but you know, I still absolutely love that song, Goodness of God, because it helps me to focus and express just how good God has been to me all my life. You have been faithful all my life. You've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I'm going to sing 
of the goodness of God. And I try and start my day every morning with that song. There's a couple of quotes that are going to come up. The first one says, when I started counting my blessings, my whole life turned around. You know, that's so true. And there's a whole movement of like gratitude diaries and um, people that they daily make it a habit and a practice of listing a bunch of things that they're grateful for, that they're thankful for. And that helps us to have that that positive mindset. If you're a parent, you've probably used it with your kids. I've done it many times. You know, when they're complaining and moaning about a bunch of things, I'll say, stop, let's think of five things to be thankful for, you know? And it's easy. There's so many good things in life and it just helps snap them out of that mindset. The second quote says, it's not happy people who are thankful, it's thankful people who are happy. Isn't that the truth? It's thankful people who are happy. I love that. Now, um, a big reason of losing the attitude of gratitude in our lives is because we fall into the trap of comparison. And comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so easy to do, isn't it? We all do it from time to time, especially with social media. Social media portrays these other people that look amazing, that have all the latest gear, that are doing all this cool stuff, that are going here, there, and everywhere. Their life looks so good. And what do we do? We start thinking, oh, I don't have that. I don't look like that. I haven't been there. I haven't gone there. And we fall into this trap of comparing. And as we begin to look at what other people have and what we don't have, suddenly we lose that attitude of gratitude. We, we lose that, that inner satisfaction. But there's a man in the Bible who found the secret to overcome this, and that's the Apostle Paul. He gives us that secret in Philippians 4, verse 11 to 13. It says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Here's the key. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I love that second verse or that last verse because... This isn't something that just landed on Paul and suddenly he was able to be content. No, he must have had to learn this. It was a journey, but he knew that I can do this through him, through God who gives us strength. So it is possible we can learn to be content. As we learn to be content, as we adopt an attitude of gratitude, that's going to kill off this whole trap of comparison in our lives. So in 2020, let's get our short-term focus right. Let's intentionally develop an attitude of gratitude, focusing on the things we have, on the positive and not on the negative. Let's learn increasingly and daily to be thankful to God and then overflow that thankfulness to others. And do you know what? As we have this attitude of gratitude, uh, it unlocks something over our lives. You know, there comes an ease. There comes a grace. There comes, a, I believe, an opening to the presence of God. And as we start to walk in that, then not only are we blessed, but we start to bless everyone around us as well. Don't worry, she's coming back soon. So you can see if you don't have right perspective and you always got wrong short-sighted vision, you're looking at the immediate wrong. And if we have an attitude of gratitude, we can see it. And we've got to start there. And one thing I'm really thankful for is soul food last year. 
You know how as a church we read through the Bible together and it really took my, mine and Jody's Bible reading to a whole new level. And this year, both of us have started a reading plan on the app on YouVersion and we are loving it. And some of the thoughts that I'm going to share come from basically what I've read in the last two weeks. And I just love the more you get close to the Holy Spirit, the more He speaks through His Word, but the more He speaks just as you go throughout your day. And so don't lose what God wants to do in your life because He wants to keep getting closer and closer. So one of the things that I've read was in Genesis. Lot's wife is an interesting example of both being ungrateful but also having double vision. And our second point is not having double vision and not having blurred vision, but having and living with purpose and a focus in life. James 1 verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man. He's got two things going on in his, in his mind, or he's seeing two different things. He's got blurred vision. Jesus said in Matthew 6, No one can serve two masters. And I feel God saying to someone today, It's time to choose. At the start of this year, it's time to choose. The Bible clearly says, today, choose today who you'll serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And some of you need to choose. You need to choose, no, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to have blurred vision and be looking in both places. I'm going to, not going to have one eye on following after God and His calling and the other eye focusing on the things of the world. I don't want blurred vision anymore. I don't want to have double vision. I want to run after God. And then I'll know where I'm going. You know, imagine if you were trying to shoot at a target or, or you've got a bow and an arrow and you've got blurred vision or double vision. You know, you're seeing two targets and you, you probably end up shooting in the middle and hoping for the best and hopefully you don't hit anyone. But that's kind of how we're living. We've got this double vision going on and it's just not working. Proverbs 4 verse 25 says, Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose looking straight ahead looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. One thing that I've learned is that the more you focus on the things of the kingdom, the less important the meaningless things of this world become. The more you focus on God and His path for your life, the greater success and fulfillment you will have. So let's look at Lot's wife for a moment. It's found in, in Genesis. But you know what's really interesting? In Luke 17 verse 32, Jesus says this, Remember Lot's wife. That's the entire verse. Remember Lot's wife. Why do we need to remember Lot's wife? Because Genesis 19 verse 26 says, But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. See, she looked back at the things that she left behind. Now, there's two, things, two reasons that I can see why she looked back. One, she looked back because of the house. Probably not the car she left behind. Maybe the horse. But you know, the gold, the fine clothes, all, all those possessions, those worldly things that she left behind. And Jody's going to talk a, a bit more about that a little bit later. But you can't chase, chase after God and wealth. You just can't do it. You can't have this double vision where oh, I want to run after God, but I, I want all the money I can get. Now, I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying we, we have to live poor. But when you chase after God, He'll look after the rest. But if you're chasing after both, it doesn't work. And we need to stop having blurred vision. But more than that, I think she looked back because she was too attached to her past. 
you know, she was saved from the past. She was walking away from all that bad stuff. And it doesn't matter whether you were living a good life or a bad life, whether your past was enjoyable or not, whether it was so bad. We've got to leave it there because that's where it is. We've got to leave the past in the past. So we have to do it. You know, when you get water baptized, one of the key things, yes, you're telling the world I'm, I'm following after Jesus, but the other thing is you're going down and you're leaving that stuff there. And she looked back. And, and you know what? That is having blurred vision when you're trying to hold on to the past and, and it'll just plague you. But there's something that through this reading that jumped out at me in Genesis and it, right at the beginning in the Garden, Garden of Eden. See, there's been blurred vision that's been affecting mankind since Eve. And I've never seen this before. You know when the snake, Satan, went and talked to Eve? He said, did God really say? Did God really say that? Did you really mean not to eat from the tree in the garden? And do you know what's behind that question? God's holding something back from you. He's, Satan's trying to tell you, you're missing out on something very exciting. And let me tell you, it is an absolute lie from Satan. It's a lie from the devil. You are not missing out. You are not missing out on anything exciting. But that's the whisper that's been in Christians' minds, those that have been trying to follow God for years, right back since the Garden of Eden. Oh, if you follow God, you're going to miss out. You're going to, ha- you're going to miss out. So have this blurred vision. Have this double vision. But it's a lie, church. It's a lie, and you've got to understand you're not missing out. We are not missing out. God has the best for us, and you've got to grab hold of it. Otherwise, you will live with blurred vision all your life. You know, Crow um from America, he said, the devil doesn't need to destroy you. He just needs to distract you. And you know how he distracts you? By whispering in your ear, oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. You you know what I'm talking about. I've been reading a book, I finished it, um, called The Trouble with Paris. And the concept is we think that if we go to Paris, if we go somewhere, if we do something different, life's going to be better. Oh man, if I move to Paris, my stink life is going to change and it's going to be so much different. But the trouble is when you get to Paris, it's no different. It's no different. But one thing that the book brings out is that people who are happy with life are those who have a mission or a purpose bigger than themselves. Now, happiness studies have showed that people whose only life goal is about personal things, about material gain, about personal achievement, end up frustrated and unhappy. It goes on to say... Therefore, that the road to happiness is is filled with involvement in activities that promote the greater good. Now, you can tell the study, the book's Christian, but the study was non-Christian, right? But listen to what it goes on to say. So people who participate in volunteerism, like serving in church or the local community, helping the poor and needy or doing justice work, do so because they are passionate about the cause. They want to help others and make a difference. But what it finds out is that when people are participating in the church or in community activities, not only do they make a difference, but a byproduct of serving is a sense of significance, is a sense of satisfaction and of happiness. See, these all come to those who live with a focus, with a focus. Do you hear that? Not focuses, but a focus bigger than themselves. I love this. Listen to this. Ephesians 2 verse 10. We have, this is from the Passion Translation, we have become his poetry. 
a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works he would do to fulfill it. See, God planned it for us to be happy because we've got a purpose. We've got one focus to run after God. You know, what's really interesting is this study, this non-Christian study goes on to say that people who believe in God are on average happier. But what it says is that those who have religion, hear that word, those that have religion, and you've only got religion to make yourself better or to see yourself get happier or to see yourself improve more, actually religion is detrimental. But if you... Have a relationship with God. You know, Pastor Tark talked about that. Religion is dead and boring. But the book says if you have a relationship with God, if your religious framework is about seeing faith as something that your whole entire life becomes, actually, that relationship with God changes your life. But it can't be these two focuses. It's got to be God. It's got to be running after God. And I think this is a massive, massive wake-up call to our generation who is looking to the contemporary church to make their life better. It's the wrong focus. We're not here because God helped me. We're here because God saved us. Because we love God. Because He's our Savior. And we're going to worship Him for the rest of our life because of that. And you know what? It's that focus, church. When you've got that focus, it changes your life. I I love in Exodus 9, um, God says to Moses, But I have raised you up for this very purpose. You hear this? Not double. For this very purpose. That I might show my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. I want to say right now, and some of you really need to hear this. You have been created on purpose for a purpose. Some of you, first of all, need to know you're not here by accident. However you became, however you got born, wasn't by accident because God made you with a purpose. And you need to know that you're not here by chance. You've been made with a purpose. You've been made on purpose by God for a purpose. And just some simple things, to love God and to love other people, to know God and to make him known. But the Bible is so clear about all of this. You know, John 15 verse 16 says, you did not choose me, This is Jesus speaking, but I chose you. Church, you've got to know it's not by chance. You're here. I don't know who it is, but today you've got to know you're not an accident. You are not an accident. You are loved by a God. You are chosen by a God. You didn't choose God. You didn't happen to bump into Church Unlimited and walk through the doors and get saved one day. No, God chose you, and you're special to Him, and you're so special that He created a plan and a purpose for your life. But you can't have blurred vision. You've got to run after it. I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So you, he just didn't give you a plan. He wants you to succeed with that plan, that your fruit should abide, that, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. See, I, I just want to make it clear. Parenting, God has, as parents, God wants us to be successful parents. But we have to have a focus where Jesus is at the center. And when he's at the center, that can be our focus. And he's calling us to be godly parents that bring up kids that make a difference. But it can't be double focus. It's focused on Jesus through our parenting. It's a focus on bringing Jesus to our family. 
You know our extended family that aren't safe? It's when Jesus is at the center of our one focus. Not blurred vision, but one focus. Being faithful to serve in the church and outside the church. But Jesus has called us all to be doing that. But when we're trying to pursue after the world and Jesus, it doesn't work. It's got to be that one focus. You have been called by God. Just the same as when Jesus walked out. He walked around saying, follow me. It's our one focus, follow me. You have been created and chosen by God to have one vision and to one purpose on this earth. I hope you can see it because that's what it takes. I love that. Um, You know, really what we've been saying is having an attitude of gratitude is all about being thankful to God. And then being created on purpose, for a purpose, with Jesus at the center is all about God. And just to bring it all together, um, the last part, I guess, is having that long-term vision, being long-sighted. And having long-term vision is about having an eternal perspective. Know that we look through life with a God lens, that everything we do is in light of eternity. And that's the clearest vision that we can have for 2020. Hebrews 11, I love that chapter, but verse 13 to 16 talks about the heroes of faith. And it says this, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. So inspiring. You know, when we look at these heroes of faith, they lived as strangers and as foreigners here on earth. They didn't live for this life. They were longing for a better country. They were longing for heaven. When heaven is our destination, earth's just a stopover. You know, it's just a layover on the way. Our final destination is eternity. And when we have an eye on eternity, it changes the way we live. We actually live differently. It gives us a different perspective. It gives us 2020 vision because we don't get too hung up on maybe just the, the stuff that doesn't matter as much and it all matters to God. But ultimately, we're just passing through. We're not here forever. This is just the beginning. We need to have a vision that goes beyond this life. And and it's something we have to train ourselves to do. But as we learn to live with eternity in mind, it gives us the motivation to keep on doing good, even if we don't see the results immediately. And it keeps us mindful that this earthly life isn't everything. In fact, it's kind of just a boot camp or it's like the qualifying run. Heaven is the real goal, the final destination. So it makes sense to live life with that vision and Jesus at the center of everything that we do. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. And doesn't it give us such hope as well? You know, no matter what's going on in life, no matter what's happened, no matter the, the bad things that we might be facing, the tragedies, the difficult situations, this life is not forever. 
this life is just a moment in time. You know, since September 1, when the Holy Spirit really did visit us, we've all been journeying to have a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the things that has just been burning in my heart is a, a passion to run after God in such a way where I can escape this life, if you like, where I cannot get so caught up in, in what's going on and what I'm struggling with and what I'm battling with, but that in the midst of that, I can find a way to tap into God and to find Him in the middle of all of that and to refocus and reprioritize. Wouldn't it be great if we can, you know, do that? No matter what we're going through, at any moment, we can just step out of that and, and go, God, I'm coming back to you. Reprioritize me. Refocus me. And as we do that, you know, we can find peace and purpose and perspective in the middle of maybe pandemonium or panic or whatever we're facing. You know, in our best moments, God is there. In our darkest valleys, God is still there. He's always there. Long-term vision with an eternal perspective will keep us pursuing God with all we have. And that's what I want. And just as Sam comes to wrap it up again, I think having that eternal perspective, you know, it is hard. We just get caught up in life. It's just kind of what happens. But I think one of the real keys in, in doing that, and as I was praying this morning, I really felt this, is being a worshiper. You know, it's just worshiping God throughout our day. And however you do that, whether it's through music, whether it's through singing a song, whether it's lifting up a prayer, whatever, as we worship, we can help have that eternal perspective and have that God lens that we look through life through. Well, can she preach? I don't know why I agreed to doing it with her. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter what we're doing, we can have an eternal perspective. It, it really doesn't. And I look fondly back to when I was teaching at school. But I went there every day with an eternal perspective on how can I bring Jesus to the school. And if you've got that focus, how can I bring Jesus that can leave a lasting legacy? That's what it's all about. So if the band could come up as I wrap this all up together. Living with a focus on Jesus every day and a vision for eternity is what it means to live with spiritual 2020 vision. What, if, what we have been trying to say is the more you pursue God, the clearer and more focused your vision becomes. As we go into a new decade, we need to see life for what it really is. Like Jody said, it is a preparation for eternity. It is boot camp. Not a meaningless pursuit of more stuff. Not a hunger for position or popularity. Not about more travel and doing new or different things as often as we can. See, as we get closer to the Holy Spirit, we will have 2020 spiritual vision. And we will be able to be thankful no matter what the situation. We will have that attitude of gratitude. We will live knowing that we have been created on purpose for a purpose. And not get distracted by this world, but keep our focus on eternity. If you can see clearly, and I want you to get this, if you can see clearly life from a biblical perspective, it will bring joy, fulfillment, meaning, and purpose to every day, to 2020, but for the rest of our lives. But it is all about Jesus and seeing that life is about living for Him. Church, we need to see clearly. We're going to sing that song, Jesus at the Center, because